This podcast has conversations around different mental health experiences that may be distressing for some people. If that doesn't feel like something you want to explore today, you might want to visit another podcast and come back to us another time. Discovery College acknowledges the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises their continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past and present. They have never ceded sovereignty. In this podcast, we share stories that help us learn from each other, connect us and inspire growth. We want to acknowledge that this way of being, of coming together to share knowledge and stories, is a tradition that has already existed on this land for hundreds of thousands of years as a part of the culture of First Nations people. Discovery College acknowledges the views shared in this podcast are about mental health experiences, but are not a substitute for professional mental health advice and support. The views in this podcast are not the views of Alfred Health, but are the views of the individuals we've had conversations with. The stories we share on this podcast aren't just stories, but memories of the people who have bravely shared their experiences with us. Remember to take care of yourself as you listen, as well as to take care of the stories that you hear. Extremely Human is a conversation about the profound experience of extreme states. When we speak about extreme states, we want to explore a more humanistic way to understand people's experiences that aren't always shared by others. Each extreme state holds different meaning for each person, including those related to psychosis, depression, grief and addiction. As we chat with a variety of humans, we explore the important question, how can we respond to distress with greater compassion and humanity? In this episode, we talk with Elsa. Elsa talks us through her new role as the spiritual care lead and some of her hopes for the role. Elsa breaks down and simplifies what the word spirituality means, what it can look like in a modern world, and why it can be important in the context of mental health and healing. Thanks for joining us today, Elsa. Are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know who you are? Yeah, sure. I suppose um, in a work context, I work for the Alfred. I've been working on the inpatient unit at the Alfred Hospital um, for um, mental health. And um, I just recently um, finished my role there as an allied health principal and I've I'm starting a new role in July as the mental health and spiritual well-being worker. I'm also a mum of three teenagers, married and live locally. So um, that's a bit about my personal life. I also do some voluntary work with young people. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. We've been asking everybody um, who at the start of each episode the same question. Yeah. I wonder, Elsa, if you can think of a time you or someone you know have had a disproportionate reaction to something. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, the one I thought about was probably because I've been visiting family <laughs> and um, and I'd gone to Dublin and um, because I knew I was going to see my family, I was going to surprise my mum and dad. I wanted to 
do something special. So I was like, I need to get something that's Irish. And so I got, I bought a couple of presents for my parents. Uh, I got my dad like a peaked hat, sort of made an island, like it's authentic. And I and I tried to get something for my mom that was equivalent. And I got her this scarf that was also made in Ireland. And, you know, and it all seemed quite sort of legit and authentic. And I was just really excited about it. So, and I, I get quite excited about seeing people happy or I, I mm. probably over... I don't know. I just do a bit of like a bit of a dance and a bit of a, <laughs> and I remember giving it to my my parents and my mom's reaction to the scarf was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and you I was like, is it great? And I was just like making it like, you know, trying to sort of make it better than it was, I suppose. Uh-huh. But for me, it was just so meaningful and stuff like that. And 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 I was just like, like a child, like I, I you know, I sometimes look at myself and reflect and I go why are you so excited over something so simple and like the reaction from someone is like a bit disappointing and I think it's their reactions that kind of stop me you know um <laughs> or f- people's reactions to my sort of overexcitedness so yeah also we are here to talk about extreme states that's the o- overarching theme of the podcast mm-hmm. Um, we just wanted to ask you what that meant for you in your life or in your role, because it's a bit of a broad term and people interpret it in different ways. But when you think of extreme states, what comes to mind for you? If I had to define it, I'd say it can be unpredictable and it can surprise you. Um, and and it, it's often, in my opinion, a response to something that um, is an event or whether it's um, – a sad event or exciting event that maybe lacks control sometimes. And I think sometimes extreme states can surprise us and sometimes it can be a learning uh, experience as well when you go through that. Is there a real definition about it? Sorry, I'm just interested. I think it's often used as an alternative to medicalised language around um, things like psychosis or other extreme states Mm. that Mm. are sometimes referred to as symptoms or Mm. explained through um, disorders. Yeah. Mm. I suppose things that aren't perceived as normal is is an extreme state, I suppose, but I'd also question what is normal, you know. I don't know if it's perceived as, I think maybe what we're trying, the use of a a term like extreme states um, is trying to say they are normal. Their responses to um, experiences or um, things that happen for humans. Mm. Um, so they're, uh, you know, kind of extreme psychological distress, perhaps. Mm. Or mm. Um, so we're trying to actually mean they're quite human responses mm. to different life events or different experiences or mm. different um, experiences of ourself. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think especially when working with others or, you know, um, talking to others. And when I think about sort of the conversations I've had, I don't know about you, but sometimes you think, oh, why is that person feeling so upset about that or or like um, expressing that way and, and um, themselves in that way? And I think we do need to remember that there's so much 
that might be different and that we are different. We mm-hmm. we are individuals. We will respond differently. And, and, and that example I gave about me being excited and my family not being as excited or whatever, I think... I think the problem is sometimes we make apology for feeling that those ways, but maybe mm. it's actually okay just to feel mm. for them to feel the way they did in terms of their response. And it's also okay for me to have felt excited about something that maybe they didn't feel as excited about because yeah. for me it was meaningful in a different way. Mm. You know, like I spent a bit of time thinking about it and I went to quite a few shops and it took me few days to decide on what I was going to do yeah I didn't give them that context Mm. but that's why I was excited yeah maybe that's why I was like you know like this is meaningful but they didn't get that context they just got me giving Mm. them a gift um Mm, yeah and I think sometimes we we sort of judge that response Mm. that what we're experiencing but what we haven't understood is the meaning behind it Mm. or what's gone on for that person and I think that is actually sort of quite relevant and we don't always spend that time asking Mm. or understanding and and I think if we did then maybe we'd be just as excited or just as upset or whatever yeah I think there is something about you know that sort of understanding or just being with that person and yeah. connecting with that person that's what's so important mm-hmm. we're all just off in our little individual realities mm-hmm. our little mm-hmm. bubbles individual sometimes realities. they join in gosh yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah but i'm also really interested to hear about your new role yeah um i remember opening up the email saying that you'd gotten the role and mm-hmm. i think it was the first time i'd ever seen a role like that come yeah. up ever in mental health yeah um, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about it. Yeah, how it came about. I I suppose I'm just as excited as you, um, and I almost am in disbelief that it's actually happening. It, it's a role that requires you to be a mental health clinician or someone with sort of that professional background yeah. um, that is able to um, not only understand. Uh, mental health concerns or whatever and but be able to sort of um, engage with someone um, exploring their spirituality mm-hmm. so the emphasis is more sort of being a clinician exploring spirituality and I suppose it's important to start off with what what is spirituality and I can actually sort of just give you a quote um, a definition spirituality refers to the human search for meaning purpose and morally fulfilling relationship with oneself, other people, the universe, and of being however that's understood. Um, so I suppose when we talk about spirituality, we're talking about meaning and purpose, and, mm. and the key is relationship. Um, and I think uh, that's the key around sort of uh, seeking meaning and purpose. It is through relationship. In, as, as it says, with oneself and others, and that's what brings meaning and purpose. And and how can we ignore that mm. when it comes to mental health, mental health and well-being? Mm. Um, and and what I have found as I've sort of worked for different services in the UK and here is that it's not always um, considered or talked about and 
and also for the person that is um, sort of receiving mental health service, they they often have said to to me and others that they are afraid of talking about that because of fear of judgment and stigma. Um, because of their belief and also how that sort of sometimes conflict uh, comes into conflict with things like hearing voices or psychosis, if you like. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember this one time working with somebody, uh, and again, this was in my 20s, and she was a young person with a very strong Christian belief, Christian community, Christian family, And she experienced uh, and was diagnosed with um, uh, schizophrenia and she was experiencing a lot of psychosis. And she felt that in that experience of psychosis that she was being quite sort of judged and people from her community did not understand or know how to deal with it. And some of it was actually quite dangerous in terms of what they were saying to her Mm. around, around that. And then in in the the care that she was getting from um, mental health, that sort of stigma around sort of like just um, her religious beliefs and sort of how that, um, like when she was saying that she prayed and heard from God, it was almost minimized or sort of seen as something that was psychotic. So, mm. so she was having a lot of conflict around sort of like what is truth and what isn't. And I remember having those discussions with her and it was such a good start to my career in some ways around, you know, really exploring that and trying to understand that more. I'm not saying that I get it, but I am saying there is – we need to to feel comfortable about helping people explore their spirituality, mm. but also decipher what's real and what isn't, and and maybe just feel comfortable um, to to have those conversations with us as clinicians. So I suppose when I look at this role, I think it's a good role to have, and I think it's important to understand different cultural beliefs, different religious beliefs but also help people understand and decipher what's true and what isn't. Because I think there is a lot of confusion and when we avoid things, it means that we're not helping or enabling people to explore that aspect of their lives that bring meaning Mm. and purpose. And so that's where I think this role will be really significant. But I also think um, it's a role, whilst it's new in Australia, it's been explored in other countries like Canada, America, and UK, where they actually see it as part of their mental health care. Mm. And and so I'm quite excited about having this yeah. opportunity. So where do, how do you think it will work? Like what are your hopes for how the role will integrate across the mental health system? Oh, um I, I wonder, like I, like I said at the beginning, I feel like a lot of clinicians um, have felt probably not um, empowered or enabled to sort of really speak freely or explore freely with, with, um, with those within the mental health system. But even like when I talk to staff, a lot of staff withhold their beliefs and thoughts. I, I don't know if you found that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's actually quite sad because and I, I, I do wonder whether it's about what's happened over the years around sort of like terrorism and, you know, extreme mm. um, be- belief systems of certain sort of um, 
religion religions you know and I, I think you come across every kind of belief that someone might have there'll always be a spectrum there'll always be those extremists that sort of like believe things that aren't necessarily really true and because of media they just see the extreme mm. and i think there's something there that's really influenced people's um, thoughts and beliefs and their ability to explore with others yeah. and i i do wonder is it fear and and i think whilst we don't talk about it and whilst we don't allow those spaces to talk about things then what it, what it becomes is it, it becomes alienated it becomes you know something that isn't explored and and how do we learn we learn by questioning being curious exploring and conversation and it's ironic we just said you know spirituality refers to like it's it's linked with relationship relationship mm. is a is um is giving and receiving isn't it it's mm. a it, it's not just a one-way thing yeah. so in the same way when it comes to spirituality and stuff i think we do need to talk more about it there's three components to the role i think um uh, uh a role to uh, a part where I think I need to probably get staff on board to talk a bit more and to explore a bit more and and educate and also um, learn together. But also to um, I also think about group work, how that's a good space, and maybe sort of looking at um, well-being, but not and including spirituality so not just looking at the social emotional mental well-being but looking at spirituality so bringing that as part of our package of care for for consumers so when we're working with them that when when we're doing a wellness plan or whatever that we're looking at that aspect we explore and we're asking mm. um and then there's the third aspect the one-to-one -one work um helping people explore um, their spirituality and meaning and purpose um, through through that one-to-one -one work and especially with those that are sort of having conflict like I described earlier on with that young person and I'd have had a couple of um, clinicians ring me up and say look I'm working with someone and they they're exploring their spirituality but I don't know how to talk to them or how to refer them on and I think there is an aspect of sort of like how do we as a service ensure that what we support people with is safe I love how you've um sort of demystified spirituality by your definition as well because mm. I think a lot of people steer away from the word, word spirituality because it sounds very airy-fairy and not grounded in reality. But mm. I would say the opposite is probably true. When you, true. Would you be able to read that definition again? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, it refers, spirituality refers to the human search for meaning, purpose, and morally fulfilling relationship with oneself, other people, the universe, and of being however that's understood. And it, it can also support in times of suffering and loss that is experienced. And I think that is true because I often when I when we work with people that are in crisis or people that are facing um, death in any way or or, or extreme um, situations, um, often they 
then then not looking to sort of what 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 do they do they look for relationship they look for meaning they look for purpose you know suddenly all those things those materialistic things or those things that like work or whatever doesn't mean anything mm. anymore but mm-hmm. what they're looking for is something else yeah. and i certainly can speak from my own experience when i uh, when i suffered loss um but also those that i've worked with whether they're friends or in the work capacity it's interesting that's that's something that often happens i would say yeah i feel like um people probably in their everyday life if you read out that definition they'd mm-hmm. probably i don't think there's too many people who wouldn't relate to that in yeah, some way i think absolutely. we're all looking yeah. for meaning and purpose absolutely and working on ourselves and relationship mm-hmm. with ourselves and others it's just how we frame that mm-hmm. and i think when you go into those heightened extreme states it really amplifies what's yeah. important sometimes absolutely i agree with you do yeah. you think that there is an overlap between spirituality and psychosis look what i'm going to say is not founded in sort of like evidence right. necessarily but i actually do think there is um i find it interesting that when you sort of unpack things when someone's going through psychosis and stuff often there's a lot of reference to to um sometimes um religious beliefs and spirituality really mm-hmm. and and i find it fascinating that as clinicians and i speak for myself sometimes that we immediately kind of think oh you know like not reality based mm. blah 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 yeah and um but then when you sort of really um unpack it with someone there's an element or a thread of truth there like i've often listened and thought gosh it's like you connected to to something that's beyond here and 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 whilst they're in that extreme state i wonder whether there's they are a bit lost but the, you do wonder whether there's a thread of truth to to mm, some of yeah. what they experience yeah. and i i do think there is an overlap and yeah. i do think it's interesting that a lot of psychosis makes reference to spirituality whether it's evil spirits or not you know mm. uh, whether it's god or whatever and i think there is an overlap and i find it fascinating i'm like why is that yeah but it is yeah it's just fascinating it is fascinating like i've worked with a lot of people with psychosis Mm -hmm. and had psychosis myself the one thing we all had in common believing you jesus or feeling like you've got supernatural powers Mm -hmm. and like when you come out of that you go oh no i'm not jesus but at the time it feels like that Mm -hmm. but it never gets explored Mm -hmm. at all it's just Mm -hmm. immediate shut down Mm -hmm. and yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of people feel Again, in that book that we read, Mm -hmm. uh, My Beautiful Psychosis, when she comes out of it, she feels like she's had a big spiritual awakening and they Mm -hmm. go, no, 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 that was just psychosis. It's like reduced to a meaningless experience. Yeah. Shame. I mean, I I wonder why we're so reluctant as a a system, if you like, or a world to really, you know, explore what – the belief systems are representing about the real life of someone. Yeah. You know, what these um, psychotic expressions or experiences, 
what metaphorical meaning mm. might that be playing to the real life of a person mm-hmm. and their experience? But why do you think we are so reluctant to explore and be curious about the meaning of these beliefs and experiences that someone might have mm. in an extreme state? Yeah. I wonder if we're afraid. Like, I, it's like a lot of us are afraid of not being in control, I think. Mm. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Mm. And sometimes going through a journey of sort of something like that, like psychosis, spiritual journey or whatever, there is that sense of like part of you feeling like maybe a lack of control. Um, Mm. And I wonder whether also I do blame media and (laughs) things like that around sort of like what is portrayed around like as soon as someone they're very quick to sort of say someone's mentally unwell when something goes wrong and all that kind of stuff so I do worry about those that stigma and that concern and I think I wonder whether that has impacted and influenced even clinicians in the work that they do and maybe also those that are experiencing it, that sort of sense mm. of fear um, mm. yeah. of being labelled or people making assumptions about them. Mm. Um, so I do wonder whether there's this sense of fear. Mm. But there's, you know, there's this sort of reductionist kind of result of the human experience. Mm. You know, I, I do a lot of work with or talk to a lot of people who are experiencing anorexia, you know, and I often think this is happening for a really important reason, mm. you know, and this has a really important meaning mm. and how do we explore that? Mm. There's no explanation mm. or opportunity to really make sense mm. of what this very human experience means in someone's Mm. life. And I think Mm. the same happens with psychosis. Mm. You know, you're hearing voices or you believe these things about yourself because you have psychosis. Mm. (laughs) That's not an explanation, but it it feels like a certainty Mm. in a way. It Mm. feels like we are really quick to label it as a symptom or something that's happening because you have a disease or or some sort of... um, Mm. Or something wrong with your brain mm. rather than being able to sit with yeah. some sense-making and yeah. exploration of what this means for mm. someone yeah. and their life and their experience of the world. And I love what you just said about making sense. I think as humans we do we do compartmentalise, we do try and make sense, we try and sort of say this is what it is. And like even when we label or diagnose we kind of are trying to make sense and saying this is what to expect and this is how to treat but actually sometimes the the danger of that is just the individualism like you know and treating that person as an individual the reason why spirituality is so important is because it is about being and just almost being comfortable with the not knowing and I think sometimes we struggle with that Mm. as humans because you know, we're trying to sort of maybe control our emotions or just be okay, you know, in certain settings or sort of like meet with each other's expectations. But but sometimes that sense of sort of spirituality or just being, there is a sense of sort of freedom. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
and and it brings hope and that's what's so exciting and i think that's the bit that probably we all struggle with if we if we had to be honest and it looks like different things for different people i know rachel mm-hmm. has compared spirituality or religion to the football because that <laughs> feels like you're part of something bigger Right. Yeah, yeah, really. Like it's, I mean, it's a bit of tribalism actually. Yeah. You know? But it's, um, but no, it does. It's, you know, kind of, this is a little bit embarrassing actually, but it, it gives me a sense of um, having a shared belief system yeah. with people and a community in which yeah. I feel I belong to. Yeah. Um, and mm. I get to connect with others yeah. that I wouldn't otherwise yeah. meet in the yeah. world mm. and develop yeah. relationships and this yeah. sort of shared, yeah thing yeah. that's happening between Sense us and so yeah. you know and that's something that I think mm. is really kind of absent for many people in their lives yeah. in a very individualist culture mm-hmm. um, mm. where you know there's different different parts of our community that offer us that but not all of mm. us have access to it mm. and you know I think religion and faith communities are, are, um, are really a big at offering that to individuals mm. and mm. people Mm. Yeah, and so is the football. Yeah, <laughs> but it's because you feel like you belong, like to I something, to something. That's bigger yeah. than yourself, I'm, and I think yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit about, you know, um, again, relationship. You know, like with others, with yourself. The whole mm-hmm. thing about spirituality, mm-hmm. it is that sort of sense of belonging to something bigger than yourself, which yeah. is empowering because when you know, like. Let's face it, you know, it's hard, it's lonely and hard to feel um, on your own facing life. And I think to to feel like you belong to something or part of something is so important because, you know, uh, it picks you up when you're feeling down and all that kind of stuff. Elsa, it's been so wonderful speaking with you today. Uh, We have one thing more we'd like to ask. Okay. Um, can you tell us about a time or a, or an experience that you've seen or witnessed or had where you've seen um, someone be supported who's experiencing an extreme state in a way that you think has been helpful? Sure. I can actually think of a lot of examples, I think, because of my work context. But I'm going to choose one that's probably simple and close to home in terms of just working with a young person who was quite distressed and and visibly quite panicked and restless and expressed that they just didn't know what to do. And the reason why I'm going to share this is because I think sometimes we forget that people in those extreme states just need a bit of guidance and a bit of reassurance. And and I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, you almost feel panicked. You're like, <gasps> how am I going to help this person? And I just remember thinking, just giving simple sort of comments around like, okay, breathe and it's okay. And and how quickly that person responded to those, those very sort of small um, phrases and prompts. And, and they, they were able to just sit in that space. And I remember taking them away from that environment as well and just sitting in a more calm environment. And, and it was just a reminder of like sometimes that simplicity and those those simple comments around sort of like noticing what's going on and helping them, you know, just that reassurance of like, it's okay to feel the way you are and you will get through this and let's just sit here. And, mm. and I, and 
And although you might be an experienced clinician or whatever, I think sometimes it's just reminding ourselves that simple guidance can make such a difference. Well, that's such a beautiful example of just giving someone permission to arrive as mm. they are. Mm. I love it. I could speak about this all day. Um, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed it as well. Thank you. You both are great. <laughs> um, it's great to talk to you. So easy to talk to you. So thank you. Thanks, Elsa. What's an incredible human Elsa is? Really, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am so excited that there is a spiritual role in our service because mm. I feel like there's not much room for conversations around spirituality in the context mm. of mental health. I feel like when you say the word spirituality, people are like, oh, that's like woo-woo, hippie crap kind of thing. I just feel like sometimes spirituality gets a real bad, bit, bit of a bad rep. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, and there's a lot of movement these days towards really kind of making sense of experiences. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, f- this this work that Elsa's going to do has got a great potential to really help people with that, you know, really an opportunity to make meaning um, yeah. and be really responsive to mm-hmm. people's, you know, kind of needs and preferences and belief systems. Yeah, so important. So important. And I love the way she... Um, provided us a definition with spirituality because it just it just broke it down it's so like normalized it's like yeah well who wouldn't who wouldn't want that it was just really nice to hear it yeah summarize like that yeah well she's on a um a a very important mission she is (laughs) and i i really wish her well and i hope this 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 new position really makes a you know gets an opportunity to really cause some change and yeah thanks for coming on elsa we love the work you're doing Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you wanted to stay in touch or learn more about Discovery College, please head to our website, discovery.college.